my ear as hears the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I have a, a word for you this morning that I consider really important, and I titled it, When God is Silent. When God is Silent. How many times have you been in a situation where you're crying out to God, and you've been crying out to God, and the situation has been in your life for a long time, and you're saying, why is God not hearing my prayers? Why is God doing nothing? Is God really hearing what I'm saying? Does he understand my situation? What is going on? Sometimes that can be very confusing, especially if with the one that has a relationship with God and things have been well, and all of a sudden things are not as well as it should be, and you think you're doing everything that you need to do with regards to God, and you expect God to do something, but it seems like he's not answering. It's been a while. And you've cried and you've fasted. You've done everything. It seems like God's not moving. Why? We always want to know why. Let me tell you this because this is so important. Keep this in the back of your mind. And no matter what you're going through, always have this at the back of your mind. Number one, God loves you. He loves you with an undying love. God would do anything for you. In fact, he's done all he could do for us. He gave his son. So the Bible tells us very clearly in Romans chapter 8, verse 32 there, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God wants to take care of your need. He knows the need. He is concerned about you. So no matter what you're going through, no matter how long it's been in your situation, please remember that God's word remains. And God has spoken and God's standing with his word. And the Bible also tells us in the same Romans chapter 8 verse 28, all things work together for good. And then he says, we know that all things. So you should know. And if you don't already know, you should know. He says, and we know. We know. All Christians should know. No matter what's going on in your life, God knows. If he's silent, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Something is working for your good. Just keep that at the back of your mind. We know. And tell yourself, I know. No matter what's going on with my life right now, no matter what's going on, I know God's behind. God knows his word and God will keep his word. He won't forget what he has spoken. So why is God silent? There are several reasons why God may not be doing anything There are, or may not be saying anything we want to hear something and, and i've seen situations where there's a prophetic conference here and you go and there's a prof, 
a prophet of God or a prophetess, and you want to hear them address the issue. They speak to you, but don't go near the issue. And you wonder, God didn't speak to me. I mean, he's been in that situation. He didn't address the situation. Just a word will do. So why is God not speaking? First, he doesn't have to answer you. <laughs> That's kind of different. And so before you say, huh, what did you say? He doesn't have to answer. Let me show you a scripture, okay? Psalm 115 verse 3. But, God, but our God is where? In heaven. He does whatever he pleases. He is not seeking re-election. You can't fire him from being God. He remains God. No matter how you feel, you can throw yourself down, frustrate and scream. He is still God. He doesn't have to answer you. But remember, he loves you. Always remember that. He loves you. Sometimes you, we've been in the, in the house, you know, you try to discipline the kids for their own good, right? They're, thro- they're throwing the tantrum. Guess what? You don't even pay attention. You can keep doing it. You're going to learn. God doesn't have to answer. He is God Almighty. The key thing that God wants in our lives, patience. Patience. Maybe we God silence because He wants you to develop something called patience. It's a good thing. In James chapter one, verse four, he says, But let patience. He says, I say patience is a person. Let patience have his perfect work. So patience is doing the work in you. Amen. Even if you don't say amen, I will. Patience is doing the work in you. And, and God's not going to come between his divine patience work and what he's doing in you. He won't interrupt it. He says, let patience have his perfect work that you may what? Be perfect. God wants you to be perfect. Patience, you have to be there for a while, right? Waiting on something to happen. God says, good, I got you now. And I'm working this thing in you. So that you may be perfect. And complete. Wanting nothing. Lacking nothing. So God is doing, when he's silent, he's not speaking. He doesn't have to speak to you. He has a purpose. Remember, his purpose is above all. All things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So his purpose is very, very significant in our lives. Number two, God's not chatty. He is God Almighty. 
If he talks like the way we talk, because remember, everything he says comes to pass, right? If he says something, that's going to happen. He is God Almighty. If he is as shady as we are, shady as we are, uh, nobody will be alive today. We just give it. I'm upset. And then you're upset. And you, you spew all those words. If God was like that, we'll all be dead. His words mean a lot to him. His words are eternal. When he speaks, it happens. So there is no room. For well, I'm sorry I, I said that. I'm going to take the words back. And not, 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 not with God. There is no room for that. So God speaks when He absolutely has to speak. And when He speaks, He's done. Somebody says, hey, you, what did you mean God's not chatty? Have you ever read through the book of I, uh, uh, Ezekiel? That's a lot of words from God, right? Where those were the words he spoke to him through the lifetime of Ezekiel, through his whole lifetime. That's all God has to say to him. God's words are important to him. If you read in Psalm 62, verse 11, it says, God has spoken how many? Once. How many times? Once. Twice. I have heard this. Twice I have heard this. God speaks once. You may hear from some other source. But when God speaks, He speaks one time. But remember, what is David says, I've heard all power. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. It's in Psalm 33, verse 8 and 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it was done. He commanded and He stood fast. When God speaks, it happens. And God doesn't have to say a lot of words. I've been frustrated many times. And I'm crying out to God, God, why, why? Every day I'm back up again talking to Him. Every time I'm reminded of the problem, something speaks to me, I cry out to God. And God would just say a few words when the time comes. How many has experienced that? Just a few words. And if you argue with it, He comes back and repeats Himself the same few words. And guess what? Those few words set you completely free. He may not speak to you for a long time, but at the appropriate time, the right time, he tells you, and you are expecting a whole lot of explanation. No, just a few words. Just a few words. It may be you're worried about everything, and then he comes and he tells you in your heart, I said, I'll take care of you. And you say, well, what about... It's been like six months and the same words come back. I said, I'll take care of you. And something inside of you settles. And you feel it. That's the way God is. He comes at the right time. He speaks to you at the right time. 
most likely at the time you are willing to really hear and receive from him. Other times there is no need to talk to you. You are not going to hear. So you listen. Number three. He did not hear you uh, because really, or he didn't speak or do, do something because he didn't hear you. He didn't hear when you called. Let me say this. Is it, did God, God, God hears everything. Yes. That's true. You see, the Bible says God can forgive your sins and choose never to remember them. God forgives and he says, I will remember them no more. And if you hear this morning, God's promise in his word, he says, how blessed, Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 32, how blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. In other words, you sin, but God says, no, you're okay. And God doesn't remember that you've ever sinned against him. If you remember, that's the accuser of the brethren. It's the enemy reminding you that there is sin. But your sins have been forgiven. Because God says, I will put your sins from me as far as the east is from the west. And God says, I will not remember there anymore. I was listening to a preacher. uh, And he said, this person, but I don't know if it was the preacher. He talked to God about his sins. And then he, he, he talked about everything that he could remember. And then he left, asked for forgiveness for all of his sins. Mentioned, but, and then Satan reminded him about one. So he went back and says, God, uh, do you remember? He said, I don't remember. He's all gone. Maybe it was just a story to illustrate, but that's who God is. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. So God's willing and is able to save you, nor is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. So sin separates from God. Christians have to understand this. He still loves you. But he cannot answer you, cannot speak to you, because this thing is in the way. He wants to bless you, bless your family. But sin can be in the way, especially when you've come to a place where you can justify what you're doing, even though something deep inside you tells you, this is not right. A man can always come up with a reason why it's okay to do this. A man man left his wife for supposedly a prophetess because he said, I feel like the God, the Lord brought us together. I have a ministry and she has a ministry. Left his wife, but he knew better. He justified it. God was merciful to him and later brought him to his family. Now he was speaking to the world. Don't listen to the devil. Sin separates from God. And in, in when you read the scripture, it says, like, God, I want to help you. I want to do the best for you. But this thing is standing in the way. I can't go around it. If God goes around it, then he will have to deny himself. The thing is 
1 John 1 verse 9, just confess it as a Christian. And, and that scripture is so important. He says, if you confess your sins, remember, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you, once you confess it, God forgives you. You are no longer unrighteous before him. And now you can hear his voice. If you read Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. And meanwhile, God was speaking. Whom shall I send? It was God like repeating himself. But Isaiah couldn't hear until a coal of fire was taken from the altar. And the angel touched his lips. And he says, now you are purified. And instantly, he could hear God speak. So God may want to deliver you. Whatever you are crying out to God for, he may want to really do a work in your life. He's burning. He can't. He's just waiting for that thing to get out of the way. And he can't move it until you move it. And all you can do is say, God, you know, I'm sorry about this. And it's a joy. You know, it just reminds me of the, the life of Jesus sitting in, in, in Zacchaeus' home. And Zacchaeus was saying, look, if I have done any of these things, it's like confessing. I, I'll give, if I've taken money from people, I'll give them fourfold. And Jesus said, salvation, I can see the joy in Jesus' heart. Just watching what was happening. Salvation has come upon this home. In other words, this thing was standing in the way, but now he's, let, he's willing to let it go. And now salvation poured into his house. Because he was willing to let go. He didn't cry. There was no tears. There was joy in his heart. Zacchaeus, I'm ready to let this go. I'll do whatever it takes. I need Jesus. I need salvation. And Jesus said, salvation is coming to this home. That's so important. When they sin, God doesn't answer. Have you ever considered when Jesus was on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did you notice God didn't answer? There was, there was, there was never a word of comfort for Jesus. He didn't answer a word. The most critical time of his life on earth. No answer. Heaven was silent. There was not an answer. Why? Until he died on that cross. You remember when Jesus was baptized? Our God, for the first time, they heard him. The Jews who were standing said, he thundered at me, we heard him. God spoke. John the Baptist heard his voice. Jesus heard, everybody heard. When he was baptized. But on the cross, not a word. Not a word. Nothing to convince the people he was the son of God. Nothing. Not a word. Nothing even to comfort Jesus. Nothing. Why? Because on the cross, he was bearing our sins. First Peter 2.24 He bore our sins on the cross. While on the cross, God would not hear. That thing was standing in his way. But thank God, that happened for our good. And if you believe that, 
Your sins now are transferred from you to Jesus. If you keep them, that's you wanting to keep them. All you have to do is ask, God, please forgive me. And they have forgotten and forgiven. Fourth thing, very important. Incomplete obedience. This is the greatest plague we have among Christians. Incomplete obedience. They believe they have obeyed God. But God sees disobedience. It's as if you never did anything at all. Incomplete obedience is the greatest enemy of believers. Because we are not even aware we have disobeyed God. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, I like to go scripture, but I will just talk about it. In Genesis chapter 12, God promised Abraham seven blessings. Based on three conditions. First, he said, I want you to live where you are. That's number one. I want you to live where you are. The second one, I want you to let go of all your family members. And the third one was, follow me to a place where, that I will show you. A simple. Abraham left where he was. Abraham attempted to follow God where, to the place, the promised land. But he didn't leave all his family members behind. Did you notice that? He didn't. He took Lot. He took Lot with him. And he said, well, I'm just trying to help the little boy. Well, when God tells you not to go somewhere, you shouldn't go there. There are places we shouldn't go. There are friends you shouldn't associate with. There are people that you shouldn't marry as a believer. These things are there. And God will not fight you. He just let you be. Notice all that time Lot was with Abraham, God did not speak a word to him. God was silent. God was silent. He went into Egypt. God was still protecting him. Okay? Because of his promise. But God was not speaking to him. Read. God never spoke to him all that time. God was still blessing him. But God would not talk to him. Incomplete obedience. Now, now they had a problem. And Abraham and Lot were having some problems. They had too many stuff. And Abraham says, now, why don't you choose? You can go your way. And, and okay, it seems a real simple matter. But notice what happened. Right after Lot left, God showed up and started speaking to Abraham. Can you see that? I want you to see. In Genesis chapter 13, beginning from verse 14, this was after Lot left. He says, 
And the Lord said to Abraham, when? After Lot separated from him. Amen. After Lord separated, that's the first time Abraham heard anything from God. Right after Lot separated from him. Now, at that stage, the obedience was complete. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Sometimes we are willing, and, but we don't obey. And sometimes we obey, but we're not willing. I'm only doing it because God told me to do it. That's what happened to Kenneth Hagin. God told him, go to this church and leave this church. He said, God, now, you know, this church, they are paying me well. I got a good salary here, and I don't want to leave. And God says, look, you got to go to that church. He says, hey, God, let me tell you, I've been in that church. I know what the people are like. I know what's going to happen to me. God said, go. So finally he left. And he says, you promise he's going to bless. If I obey God, God's going to bless me. He said he was there for a while and nothing was happening. His blessing had gone, evaporated. So one day he called God. He said, now God, now listen, I told you before that this place wasn't good. And uh, I'm, I'm really going through what I told you now. It seems like I can't buy my tires for my car. I can't do anything in the church. And God says, oh yes. Uh, he says, but I obeyed you, God. God said, yes, uh, uh, you obeyed, but you were not willing. You obeyed, but you were not willing. Kenneth again said, I, got, I just adjusted something inside. I got willing in a hurry. <laughs> I got willing in a hurry. I'm willing now, God, now to pour the blessing. Incomplete obedience. That can be so painful to God. You remember the story of Saul? King Saul? You can read this. First Samuel chapter 15. God said, go and destroy all the Amalekites. Kill every one of them. Kill the animals. Kill, kill. That's Old Testament. Don't go out and kill anybody, okay? Amen. He said, go out. And he went. Supposedly, fought. But then he kept the animals. You see how we can justify? He said the people said to keep the animals for sacrifice. God's more interested in that sacrifice. God cannot provide himself with animals for sacrifice. He said, nah, God, we, I mean, Saul said, protested to Samuel. We kept what God said. And Simon says, what about the bleating of the sheep that I'm hearing? That's not... He went, but he was in the complete obedience. And you know, for that reason, God said, you're no longer going to be king in Israel. He's not going to continue with your family. If you read um, uh, Psalm 51, you will now realize how David viewed what had happened to Saul. When he sinned, David was very careful. He says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Remember that? Renew a right spirit within me, he said. And he was pleading. He knew what, what had happened to Saul. 
He had been rejected. In the most critical time of Saul's life, a day before his death, he was going to fight with the Philistines. And Saul was crying at you. He said he wanted to hear something from God. He brought the prophets. He brought the effort and everything that they used to hear from God. God was silent. God would not speak to him. Even a day before his death. The man was so distressed. And at a stage he fainted. Because God was not speaking to him. He said, God's not speaking to me. Why? Incomplete obedience. Incomplete obedience. Let me tell you, this is so important. When God has convicted you, now you can start paying your tithe. If you don't want to pay, you don't know about it, that's okay. But when God has told you, pay your tithe, and you don't, you don't, do what he has said is a thing. You may be justified feeling you've done everything you do, but because you didn't do exactly what the word says, that obedience is not complete. Now, on the e- day of evil, when the evil day comes, now, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, remember the Lord your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil day draw near. Because an evil day is coming. When your evil day comes, like the day of Saul, things may be going well for a while until the evil day draws near. And now you need to hear from God and he's not saying a word to you. That's how dangerous this thing is. Because you think you have obeyed God. We must watch out for incomplete obedience. When God says to do this, that's what he meant. Just like with Abraham, he was working for him, still blessed. But until then, God says, lift up your eyes now and look everywhere you see, I'll give to you. But that promise didn't come until Lot was gone. That's so important. Now, next one, fifth one. God has set a time, you know, a time and a place. Remember, it's according to his purpose. Sometimes at the time that we want it, that's not his time. He's not saying no, but it's not his time. And you can cry all you want, he's not going to talk to you. I mean, remember Elizabeth. And Zachariah, the parents of John the Baptist. Okay? This man had been praying when they were young, right? They wanted the miracle. Give us a child, right? We need a child. Give us a child. No answer. No answer. Not a word. They were priests. And he says they were righteous before God, right? So you were just because you're righteous... God would talk. God didn't talk. In every way, they were obeying God. But God wasn't talking to them. Their prayer wasn't answered at that point. And now, when the man was old, okay, think about it. If God had answered them when they were young, John the Baptist was about maybe six months older than Jesus, right? That 
that connection wouldn't have been there. Can you follow what I'm saying? That connection wouldn't have been there. If God had answered the prayer of the righteous, what if he had tried to talk to them? I mean, it would be an argument back and forth. Well, uh, you know, God, when your word says, and they'd be going back. God was just silent. He has the time. He usually is the best for the believer. If God had given them a son, we won't know about Zachariah, then we won't be in the scriptures. If God had answered that prayer at the time they wanted their prayer answered, it wouldn't be in scripture. You wouldn't have John the Baptist, son of Zachariah. Just because God's silent, you're doing everything you know, you're doing what's right, doesn't mean God, what it means is God is preparing something much bigger than you will expect ever in this life. That's why patience must have its perfect way. Especially when it doesn't make sense. Zachariah, they still obeyed God even though their prayer wasn't answered, right? They still remained righteous. Many times we quit. God doesn't answer. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I don't think what the pastor said about God answering prayers, right? I've prayed, I've fasted, I've cried, and no answer. It seems things are going the other way. And you quit. But they stayed with God. Because all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to what? His purpose. Let his purpose take preeminence. And when it doesn't make sense, then you can say, your will be done. That's what Jesus did, right? Your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Even though the father wasn't speaking to him. In the garden, while he was sweating blood, remember, God never said a word to him. Different. The purpose was different. It's God's purpose that stands, that should come first. But when God is true with his purpose, you will be glad. Those around you will be glad. Your family will be glad. Your children will be blessed. You won't be able to help yourself but have a new song in your mouth when God is true. So be patient. Amen? Be patient. Look at what God, you know, can think about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were standing before, before uh, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, if I were to say, God, just slap the man, Okay. <laughs> Do something. When we say a word, you just show up, right? And, and, and deliver us. Or make him change his mind. Is that not going to be right? He changed his mind. He's forgotten about the problem. Now I don't have to go to fire. Oh God, thank you. You made him change his mind. That's not the way God worked. They got right before the fire, right? They, they were talking to the king. The furnace was right behind them, okay? And you know, God, we need a word. No word. But you know, after they spoke to the king, they said, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to sin against God. Meanwhile, 
The thing is, even when God is silent, that means he has gone before you to prepare the way. He has gone before you. There is no need to discuss. Remember, he is God. He doesn't have to talk much. Amen. He is God. He has gone before them to prepare the way. And he knew, he knew that the servants will not be respected in the land until they find out for themselves that fire has no effect over their lives. Amen. So he let them, when they got in, he was already there waiting. Hey, come here, son. It's okay. So you may be going through a tough time, but God has a different purpose. I'm sure that after that day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had respect from the king and everybody in the land. If it was, if it was today, he would be on CNN, Fox News, everywhere. They're talking about it. Did you see it? Everybody wants to watch the video. Oh, my God. And now everybody wants to talk to them. How did it feel? Who was the fourth man? In That's the way God is. When he's not speaking... He may have something much bigger than you can ever imagine. So the pain is, first of all, you shake yourself. God, is this something I'm doing wrong? If I'm doing something wrong, would you forgive me and, 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 and help me find the right path? Don't start blaming people. People are not your problem. Amen. It's not your wife and it's not your husband. Okay, it's what's going on. God has something that is working between you and him. And then you talk to him and tell him, no, no, God, I don't understand. Why, why are you not helping me in this area? God, what's going on? Is this something that I do? But let me, that I did. Now, listen, the way God is, if it's something that you've done, he'll reveal it. When you ask at that point, he'll talk to you. He'll let you know. And after that, then comes the blessing. But if it's nothing, you search yourself. All you need to do, do what Zachariah and uh, Elizabeth did. Just continue to serve him with gladness of heart. Even though you know he has this prayer thing, I don't know about this. But they, they gave it up. Right? And continue to serve him. And God finally gave them the one that Jesus said, no one has lived on the earth as great as that man, John, for a son. That's the way God is. And I'm going to conclude with this for time. Sometimes we are asking from God what he's already given to us. Hello? I think I'm not the only one that's guilty for that. <laughs> You're asking God to give you something that he's already given to you. And so God says, hey, I already give that. You have already given that to you. Why are you asking? How many want power from God? How many want power from God? Will you put your hand up? You want power from God? Yeah. Have you read Acts chapter 1 verse 8? Especially if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, behold, I give you power. Right? 
It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power. But you shall receive what? Power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses. And then you say, yes, I know that. But God, give me power. And God says, didn't you receive the Holy Spirit? That's not going to be answered. He won't talk to you. If he does, he'll give you revelation from the scriptures. Amen? Sometimes we're asking for things from God that he already given to us. And we just need to step out from the boat. It's like Jesus telling Peter, come from the boat. Come, walk on water. And Peter says, would you please help me come from the boat? I already told you to come. So God is giving you, when God has already answered, answered your prayer, then you need to look for the manifestation and God will make that happen. Amen. Would you stand up with me? Thank you for giving me time this morning. Stand with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please understand, if you're crying out for deliverance and it seems not to be there, whatever you're praying for, if there's silence and you've checked yourself, just wait a little bit and keep trusting God. That's why the Bible says, don't let go of your confidence. And you know, Satan works on our confidence a lot, just lying to us, trying to make us move away from our confidence. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you want to commit your life to the Lord Jesus totally, or maybe you committed your life to Christ in the past, but something saying, right now I need to go back where I was with my God. God is here according to his word. He's here with us today. And if you will answer that call, the heaven will hear that. And something brand new will begin in your life with a brand new walk with God. Sometimes we are too concerned about what people think. Please forget. It's between you and your God. If you're here this morning and you need to commit to God, or recommit to God. I want you to raise your hand because the Father is here and He will. I see your hand. I see that hand. Would you raise your hand, please, if you're here? Thank you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to be my deliverer. Jesus, I commit my life to you today to be my Lord and my Savior. I receive you into my life. I need you to direct my life from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hands together?